0: and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started.
1: My name is Adam Homie, I'm your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. The Business Creators Radio Show takes you to those places where you have those mastermind meetings and aha moments That draw you closer to moving forward on your trajectory or at least getting a little bit closer to your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Today I come to you from the living room of my sumptuous apartment here in Las Vegas, known to some as the hottest city in America. And we are going to have an interesting conversation that I've been looking forward to for a while on the importance of understanding different business models. So this is a vaguely defined subject for now, but we're going to really bring it in. And the reason we're starting with the global topic, the importance of understanding different business models, is so we can come to understand how needing to make the decisions as to how you're going to structure your company and how you're going to do your startup will impact your success as you go along. So to share with us today, we have... Ben Camille, he is the founder and CEO of a company called Travel Defend, which is America's leading travel insurance brokerage concierge service. Travel Defend works with hundreds of tour companies, travel agents, and thousands of clients to bring millions of dollars to the insurance companies. The clout and expertise that Travel Defend brings to the table ensures their clients are actually protected in real life, all while never adding a penny of cost to the policy. So, Ben Camille, come on in. The weather's fine.
2: Hey, how you doing, man? Thanks so much for having me.
1: All right. So, I read off uh, part of your bio. uh, Very impressive stuff. Not sure I'm worthy to be here, and this is my show. So, what we like to do here is I read off the factual part of the bio. There's another piece of it that I'm going to turn to you for when I ask our very first question, which is, uh, before we dive into this whole thing about different business models, tell us a bit in your words about something in your journey that's helped bring you to where you are now serving from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion?
2: Well, it's a good question, man. And again, I want to thank you so much for having me over to your sumptuous apartment. Okay. I appreciate being here. (laughs) Um, so I have a, a quite a long road, you know, in terms of my travel journey. I've been an entrepreneur my entire life, so I've actually never had "quote unquote" a real job before. So I think I'm perfect for uh, your show because if this is what you know, most people uh, listening want to know about, this is really my journey and my life story. So um, I started, uh, you know, I played college baseball when I was younger, and I was so focused growing up on baseball. I was a pitcher. I was one of the best pitchers in Canada. Actually, grew up in Toronto. Uh, Growing up. And I really never thought about business. I really never thought about, you know, anything past baseball. And so when I graduated from college, I realized that, you know, I was a good player, but I wasn't going to make the major leagues. And I kind of turned to a friend and I said, okay, like, what the hell do I do now? And he was like, okay, you know, this is over 20 years ago. He's like, here's the plan. We got to figure out a way to make you 30 grand a year. I'm like, okay, 30 grand. Yeah. Okay. I was like, at the time I was like, okay, like I didn't even know anything. Like literally it's crazy how you could graduate from college or maybe it's not and know nothing, but that was my experience. Um, I did have a business administration degree, but I didn't even know anything about business at that point. And so I basically kind of looked internally and said, what do I like to do? What am I interested in? And I think that's the intersection that that you want to talk about on your show is to say you're starting a business. What are the reasons behind starting a business? Right. That's super important. And I think that many times uh, that's one of my my big messages is I think many times people don't think enough about that. You know, you have a guy who, let's say, has a window company, he does windows. Why do you do windows? Oh, I don't know. Like, if you would actually ask most people, why do you do what you do? You would be shocked at the amount of almost cluelessness between, you know, how people actually come up with what they're doing. Um, My nephew came to me wanted to buy a company that does Turkish towels. And I said to him, Okay, you want to do? Why? What's the differentiator here? Like, Is there any reason that you want to buy a Turkish towel company? And he just believed that they were making money and all this kind of stuff, which in the end turned out not to be true. But the point is, you really have to have uh, a clear, clear way that I think that you actually make money. And I think it's so lost in this game, especially in a startup game, because you can run out of money really fast. You know so
1: oh yeah you can think, run out of yeah. money real fast no matter where you are i know i know what it's like to have twelve thousand dollars one day and the next day be wondering uh where it all went uh and that's yeah. and even when you look at your uh balance sheet and your expenses and you see there's nothing unusual there. So what's yeah. going on? <laughs> and uh you, know, you give that knowing chuckle and a lot of entrepreneurs go through this and it's just the nature of how things are so what I'd like to yeah, do is I'd when like I to...
2: first started, when I first, just to stop you for a second, because it's so, you back a memory to me when I first started my first company, which was the luxury tour uh, operator. And that's what I did for almost 20 years before I started Travel Defend. I remember the phone ringing and I remember emails coming in and it was always the wrong direction. It was like, hey, uh, do you want to advertise in our magazine? I'm like, no. Another guy would say, oh, hey, um, do you want to, you know, be in an our, and it was just always trying to get money out of me. And I was like, does money ever like turn the other way? Does money ever come in here? And so when yeah. you start as an entrepreneur, you will get a lot of that. And if you're doing the right things, it will turn at some point. But yeah, it, it's tough in that way. Yeah,
1: I I certainly understand that. So let's begin by developing this whole idea of different business models. So what are we actually talking about?
2: Well, it doesn't necessarily have to be any particular industry, but I think that, you know, very important is that people really do an actual analysis and say, how does this business make money? So I have a friend of mine that opened up a pizza shop. Okay. And I said to him, why did you open up a pizza shop? And you know what his answer was? I know, you know, because you speak to a lot of people. His answer was because I like pizza. Yeah. That's not a good answer. Okay. That's not a good answer. You're not opening a pizza shop because you like pizza. Okay. You're, you're, you're supposed to open a pizza shop because as a business, because you can make money. Now, if you love pizza and you can make money, yes. But when you say to him, just basic stuff, how many pizzas do you need to sell to make money? You know, and I, I listen, I know a lot of your listenership and all that. I'm sure they're of a higher caliber than this. But when many people start a business, they really don't even do these basic, basic things. And you'd be surprised how many people don't. It's like, how many pizzas do you need to sell to make money? And the guy doesn't even know the answer to that. I mean, when you're talking about staffing, you're talking about food products, you're talking about rent, you're talking about electricity, you're talking it's water costs. It's, it's endless boxes. No one even thinks about boxes, you know, pizza boxes. I mean, any, every... Thing before you know it, these things add up and add up and add up and add up. And and then you start to realize, oh crap, you know, it's not fun. You know, when I started a luxury tour company, you know, first couple of years, really just the first year, honestly. I mean, we got hosed. I don't know if that's a Canadian word, I'm from Canada, but we got hosed. I mean, we lost. Listen, I didn't have any money to lose. Okay. Like I didn't grow up wealthy or anything like that, but we went to a bank, we got a loan back in the days that you can get a loan. And man, did we get killed? I mean, everyone saw us coming a mile away. You know, it just took advantage of us. But the point is, is that we really use that experience. We learn from it and you have to have grit. Okay. There is no entrepreneur that's going to go from the beginning until success without getting just absolutely annihilated at times. And you have to have that grit if you're going to continue on and be successful. So that's just, even if you are, you know, great business model, great plan, great everything, you are going to get annihilated at times, And you have to have that you know, that grit.
1: Right, right, right. So what I'm hearing first off is just kind of the obvious thing is that, uh, you know, if you have a plan to be in business, have a plan to be in business. I like to tell the story of one of the kookiest prospects I ever had for my business. Now, this is rewinding going on 20 years at this point. I don't even remember her name, but she was referred to us by some clients of ours who actually were good clients of ours. So I'm thinking, birds of a feather. This should be a good client, and um, and she gave us some copy for a website, and was very adamant and vehement that we not even think about changing one word, one syllable, or even one punctuation mark. And the okay. reason she, and the reason she gave was is that that copy was written by the, the by the divine spirit. That took control of her hands and guided her fingers on the keyboard. Wow. And so, uh, and so, so,
2: so,
1: okay. So, so I, so I get, so I get the idea of, you know, whether you want to call it spirituality or an external force or what have you. I mean, I, I believe in all sorts of stuff like that. And I think that there is greater power than any of us can fathom that governs us in ways that we don't see. That being said, I had to reel this in a bit. So I asked the obvious question, which is, um, which is uh, why do you, you know, what is uh, inspired you to get into this business? And she said, well, I told a few of my friends about it and they all said it was a good idea. Now you, we all know as business creators, that that's like the trope of reasons not to start a business. That's like the punchline <laughs> of why you don't start a business. I told my friends, they thought it was a good idea. So I couldn't help but just benignly chuckle a little bit. And she said, listen, pal, my friends are at a level of divine knowledge and wisdom that their blessing upon my business carries more weight than any of your so-called marketing ideas or statistics. This business is guaranteed to succeed. You don't know my friends like
2: did they did they purchase from her?
1: and <laughs> it, uh, it. I don't really know what happened because I didn't really want to know her friends, and I think that was the last call I had with her. That's uh, right. Uh, I've, 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 I haven't, I I I I even went I even went back to the uh, people who uh, refer, referred me, and I said, you know, I appreciate uh, you thinking of my name when the conversation came up with her, and please continue to send me good ones. But I got to let you know, she's a fucking Lulu, and they actually just laughed and said, eh, "Yeah, we know." <laughs> <laughs>
2: the friends didn't tell her that. Yeah they yeah, yeah, they,
1: yeah, uh, yeah, they, yeah, and 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 her friends for, I mean, and and uh, you know, my clients. Furthermore, even said, "Yeah, we thought that you were would be the one person who might be able to talk some sense into her." But I guess, but I guess, uh, certain, I guess, mere morals can only accomplish so much.
2: Oh, you didn't get involved in that, no. No, no, thank you. No, thank you.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's only so much. So, you know, and we see different types of startup models as well. And I've been involved in several types. The type of startup yeah. that, that uh, goes on rounds of funding and seems to take three years to make it to market. And yeah. the kind of startup where yeah. you put a product up for sale today and you sell a copy of it just to demonstrate sellability. And uh, so these are a couple of the models. And I can tell you that uh, they both have their pluses and there minuses. Uh, I was involved with the startup of the former case that, you know, had rounds of funding and seemed to take forever where they had weekly meetings about where the startup was going in a year into it. Uh, the only yeah. thing we could, the only thing we could agree on is that there was no agreement as to what terms of lead generator mm. we should create.
2: Mm. I mean, listen, the, that's really not my form of entrepreneur, you know, like that's yeah. not what I do. But I'm nervous about those things because you always you only hear the stories of the successful ones, but you know 99.9% of those are not successful, and they leave the you know owners in financial ruin, and they take down a lot of people. And so I'm more yeah. into practicality and kind of saying like, you know, because this is a dangerous game, okay? Like being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart, and. Especially most of us, you know, as you get older, you have a family, you have responsibilities, like it's scary, you know, it's dangerous. So you really have to have to do something where, you know, it's quick to the cash, you know, and that's something that I also talk a lot about quick to the cash, you know, because a lot of businesses, they can sound great, but where do you ever make money? Because the money keeps going back into inventory, back into marketing, back into inventory, back into staffing, back... And then at the end of the day, where are you? Where is your money, right? And I think so many people don't think about this crucial point. Like my nephew with the Turkish towel business. Like, where is the money? You have a factory, you have staff, you have product, you have marketing. You know, and that's the thing. Like, it's, it's really hard to find uh, a business where I feel like, you know, it's, it's actual that you can actually see real money at the end of the day. And by the way, I'm not trying to segue that into travel defend and what we do, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but business model wise, you can't find a better business model than travel defend what we do uh, yeah. it is literally ideal. Uh, there's nobody that I know that has been able to start a pro- a company, a business, an entrepreneurial business with $0 and make hundreds of thousands and then millions of dollars profit uh, with no marketing and no upfront costs. I've never heard of such a thing besides for what we do and have done.
1: Right, 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 right. So to uh, so this uh, story about this startup has an interesting twist. Now, among other things, before it acquired a customer or, or, or even uh, marketing, it did uh, acquire office space because one of the uh, partners apparently leased this entire building and didn't need a whole section of it for his primary business. So uh, he donated to the startup in essence. And then the question came up, uh, you know, I, I, I live the laptop lifestyle. I work in five different places during the day. And then the question came up of uh, they're asking me if I could uh, come down to the startup and work full time there, you know, even though I have a business of my own and uh, I said, well, not really. Well, well, how many days can you come down? Yeah. But, but think about it. You, you'd be in the office and and, mm-hmm. you know, you would all be here and, you know, you'd be in your cubicle and you'd have your colleagues nearby. And any given time, somebody could come by and just grab a couple people and say, hey, let's go in the conference room and have a meeting. And I said, you've just explained why I'm not coming back here. <laughs> this is that's not what I signed up for. I might have said it's slightly nicer than that. Now. They, now, the, the first part of that story is that um, a couple weeks later, there was another meeting of the startup where they basically announced that they weren't doing it. Now, funny thing is the intellectual founder of it, two years later, reappeared on my radar screen with the same material, same brand, and he was kicking ass with it. So I really? asked him, what what happened? He said, well, you know, one day I decided I was just going to put up a landing page and sell my product, and people started buying it. Right? Huh? So he what, shifted. So he product, shifted. So, yeah, he shifted. Like what? Um, product, like I, 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 I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to say because I've been a little bit critical of him, and he's a great guy here. So I okay. mean, he probably knows who he is if he's listening. But, uh, <laughs> but let's just, let's just say it has to do um, with self help.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which, 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 here is, which, which,
1: here's a huge market for. And this is a, and this is a particularly yeah. brand of it, a particular brand of it that had to do with looking at yourself holistically, not just one area like fitness, weight loss, um, spiritual right. fulfillment, uh, uh, finding a life partner, anything like that. It actually took all of those concepts and bundled them together in a, in a, in a whole pie approach.
2: Nice.
1: And it's, okay. and it's, and it's still out there and it's still doing very well.
2: Yeah. But those are the kind of things that can really do well, you know. Subscription models, things like that, are the best. Yeah, I mean, I
1: mean, I can, I mean, I can define it in one phrase. Uh, I think uh, somewhere along the line, he just decided to get out of his one way, out of his own way, and he thought, you know what? I'm just going to put up a landing page connected to a to a Stripe account, tell people it's for sale, and just to hell with it, see what happens. And then he started to ka-ching, ka-ching, yeah, ka-ching.
2: Ka-ching, 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 Sometimes ka-ching, ka Yeah. Be too much thought. Sometimes you do just need to move forward, and things are not always going to be perfect. And I think that a lot of people do get in their own heads, like trying to make everything perfect before they kind of go to market. And as an entrepreneur, you're right. You know, you just have to kind of like put one step in front of the other and kind of get things going. Sometimes, um, and then you learn that way even better. I think just the the it's like the school of real life. You know. Yeah.
1: Well, Ben, there was a three-year period in my life between uh, 2016 and 2019 where I didn't even know what business I wanted to be in. I mean, I looked in the future and I saw a blank screen. So I had no website. I had really no marketing. I had nothing to sell. Mm -hmm. But yet my my business kept going. Mm -hmm. The reason is this show, the Business Creators Radio Show. It's the one thing I kept going. Every week, another interview which meant 52 conversations, 52 opportunities per year. And I even had the opportunity to experiment. Uh, I I picked up some clients that way. I got to experiment with different things and decide, okay, so I did this one. Is this something I'd really want to go into business with? And most of them, the answer was no. Ultimately, and uh, it's actually kind of a happy irony, is that yeah. that whole journey using podcasting as the lifeline to keep my cash flow going led me to podcasting as a vocation. So my primary business now is working with entrepreneurs to launch your podcasts. Yeah, yeah, that's great.
2: I mean, don't you find sometimes, and I feel the same way, where you don't always see the way out you know, of a problem that you have. And what you do is even though things look dark and you can really just say, forget it, you just keep going, you know, and you say, yeah, I'm trusting in this. It's the same with like, you know, I find like with weightlifting and in the gym and all that, you know, a lot of times you feel down, you don't want to work out, you know, you feel whatever, and you just kind of keep going and just do it and kind of shut your brain off sometimes. And I feel like in business as well, it's like so helpful to just kind of put one step in front of the other. And you've done that to a successful degree. And it's really, it's really inspiring, you know?
1: Yeah, well, you know, imperfect action beats no action at all. So let's say, for example, um, you uh, you you need a client, uh, so you don't have you're not even in the mental state to come up with anything clever to say. So you simply just reach out to twenty of your contacts and say, "Hey, I just wanted to let you know. Uh, uh, would you like to start a podcast?" Right. And good, and yeah, and you know what, one or two of them might say yes. How do I do it? Or you might get some that say. Well, no, but I was just speaking with somebody the other day who's very interested in that. Let me make the connection okay. for you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's so, yeah, it may be considered clumsy to just message some friends and say, hey, have you thought about starting a podcast lately, knowing mm-hmm. that that's the work that you do. But that's forward action. And if you get one, now you have one. And yeah. Once you have one, now you're in a better mental state. That increases the chances you get two, three, and so forth, and it buys you the time to do the things you need to do for a more elegant approach.
2: Yeah, and you're so right because, you know, podcasting has become so popular and so powerful. I probably even have a client for you, you know, if I, it's not myself personally, but I probably have a client for you. I have a friend of mine who uh, I'm going to recommend you have on your show as well. Uh, He's a fantastic entrepreneur. I mean, he started a custom socks business, which doesn't sound that exciting. Oh, it's exciting. Very exciting. I mean, the guy- There's a lot of money in that, believe me. Yeah, pulling in, I mean, at this point, over, over, whatever, millions and millions of dollars, okay? Uh, Super successful. um, And, uh, you know, he's just a fantastic guy. And he always says that he wants to start a podcast. That's what he says. So I'll introduce him. Well, I,
1: I appreciate I appreciate that, but yeah, you know, going back to to socks, for instance, uh, you know, that's something that almost everybody wears. Oh
2: yeah, oh, and, yeah. Uh, and
1: and and uh, those of us who are fashion conscious look for matches and look for branding and look for messaging coordination to send signals, and it is and it is part of the entire makeup of an outfit. Uh, I mean, I know people that have entire dressers full of drawers of them.
2: Yeah. I mean, he does for, you know, almost every fortune 500 company, Hollywood movies, uh, mess, you know, uh, uh, Messi came to Miami to play soccer. Yep. He did all the socks for the team. I mean, he does a lot of really amazing, amazing things, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But the point is, is that like, and he started the same as me, we grew up together. Um, and we both had that entrepreneurial spirit, you know, to kind of start something special and, uh, You know, but your point is great. You know, you keep moving forward, keep doing what you're doing. And it's a case in point to everyone listening, like me and you haven't spoken before this show. And I already very possibly have a client for you, you know, and that proves your point so well. And, and, and essentially think
1: about it. I didn't actually come right out and ask you, Hey, you want to start a podcast, but you gave an answer to a question I wasn't even implying I I wasn't putting that out there because I was testing the waters with you I was actually just sharing a yeah, concept. Just Saying
2: what you do but yeah the point is your show just keeps it going and it proves that you're an expert in this and it brings people on your show uh, to have more conversations and just when you when you do things in life especially as not as an entrepreneur you just do things and you keep moving forward things happen you know like you said
1: yeah, but we do need some sort of model for this. So uh, yeah. I guess what I want to do is I want to share a little bit about Travel Defend. Uh, I mean, yeah. you came you came to us telling us about Travel Defend, and it's uh, and it's. An interesting approach to travel insurance and goodness knows we need that these days particularly with the increase in flight cancellations and logistical mm-hmm. problems and uh, overall just the downturn in customer service all the way across the experience i mean uh you hear more and more stories of people having horrible experiences with their travels whether it's with the flight or the train or the mm-hmm. hotel or the luggage or whatever it is and yeah. uh And particularly, if they're traveling for an event, even though events have come back to a certain degree, there's a greater chance than there used to be that that event might get canceled. So you booked your plane, you booked your hotel. Now, what do you do? You need them. You need the money back.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you the origin of travel defend. It's actually quite an interesting story. So I was running super high end events, you know, for the last almost 20 years. And obviously, COVID uh, really hurt us bad, as it did everyone in the world, practically, and certainly everyone in the travel space. Um, And when we were coming out of COVID, we were going to run our event again. We we used to run a very niche event, but super, super, uber luxury. I mean, families, you know, would come two, three, four hundred thousand dollars for a week. I mean, it was really high end. And we realized that no one is going to book these trips uh, and these tours without travel insurance. So I kind of became an expert at everything there is to know about travel insurance because I wanted to do the best by my clients. Uh, And I started to realize that there really is a huge hole in this market. Meaning you can go right now and you can go on, let's say, an Expedia-type website. They'll give you a 1,000 options of policies, but you don't know what the hell you're looking at. You don't know anything about these policies, especially if you have a lot of money on the line. Imagine you have $50,000 on the line. You're going to Africa, okay? You want to make sure you're medically protected. You want to make sure that you have a policy that's going to pay you if, God forbid, something happens. And these people, basically, no one has a clue. They don't understand the exclusions. There's so many differences and nuances between all the policies. Um, Or, you know, besides for going to that Expedia site, which is really not that helpful because you don't know what you're looking at, you can also go to a company like Allianz or AIG, and you can just pick one of the two options that they offer. But really, in a big way, you're on your own, okay? Like no one is there to help yeah. you. don't know what's going on. And so we started Travel Defend as a concierge service, concierge brokerage, where we have a whole team now. We're all experts at every policy in America, and we have access to every policy in America. And we have over 100 tour companies, a couple hundred travel agents. We have thousands of clients, and they send all their people to us. And our team will answer all their questions. We'll do all the paperwork for them. Most importantly, make sure they get paid if they have a problem. As a brokerage, now we bring millions of dollars to insurance companies and we have tremendous power there. So, I mean, we have the personal cell phone numbers, the head of the claims department, and all these companies. I mean, just this week, we had a lady paid on her claim in two days. Okay, we had another guy last week paid in seven days. I mean, this is unheard of. And travel insurance, if you get paid at all, if you know what you're doing and buy the right policy, it could take you four, five, six months to get paid. So the point is, we bring tremendous power here. And we don't add a penny to the cost. I mean, you're paying the same price it would cost you anyway. In certain cases, we get preferred rates, which are even cheaper than what you can get because of our volume. But that's rare. But the point is, It's a win win for everyone. And what these tour operators love about it is that if any of their people have a problem, they can step out and they can say travel defend will help you and we'll make sure they're medically protected, make sure that they get all their money back so that the tour operator can run their business properly. We have a 24 hour WhatsApp that's monitored 24 hours a day by our team. So we have thousands of travelers at any one time all over the world. They can reach out and say, hey, my bags are missing. What do I do? I need to go to the doctor. What do I do? And this service is just loved by everyone. The commissions, travel insurance pays out, especially when you do the kind of volume that we do are insane. It's insane. And so it's a fantastic business. We never add a penny to the cost. Everyone loves what we do. The tour operators love it. The clients love it. Um, And in a minute, I'm going to go into the best part of the whole thing, which I think your uh, entrepreneurs can really benefit from is how do we get clients, right? Because that's the hardest part for most businesses is to say, how do I get clients? And so what we do here is because now it was a struggle okay, to get to this point, but because now we have over 20,000 clients, do you understand the kind of data we have on these clients? I mean, we literally have everyone's birthdays, We know exactly, we have their address, we have their email, we have their phone number. They're all connected to us over WhatsApp or SMS. We know exactly where they travel to. We know how much money they put on the trip. And so what we do is now, do you know how hard it is as a tour operator to market? Let's say you and me are running a high-end luxury tour company in Italy, okay? Where are we finding our clients? You could do Google ads and things like that, but this upper level echelon of Uber luxury clients, which is not all we do. We deal with all sorts of clients. But the point is, all tour companies need help with marketing. So we have a system where we bring in and we say, all tour companies that come to us, we will help you market to our list. And we're fine you know, to segment and say, OK, you have a destination Africa. I have a whole crew of people that I know love to travel to Africa. I'll market your tour. And then we don't charge for that. We just let them do it. I mean, we take care of it for them. We have a whole marketing machine. And so they are are ravenous, okay, to come and work with us, excited, tour operators are obsessed with working with us. We take over their travel insurance, which they don't want to handle anyway, and they're happy to give it to us. We market to their client to clients to get them business. When clients do book with them, we get 10% commission of whatever they book. So let's say you have a group of friends, which just happened recently. They're going to Africa. I mean, this is 25,000 a person, okay? And I think it was like 12 people. We got 10% of that. You can do the math yourself, but it's it's nice. And we don't even do anything. All we do is just make sure that we're connecting the right people with the tour operators. And so it's just a kind of like continuous motion of helping tour operators, helping clients, doing the travel insurance. And there's no inventory on our end. And at least to this point, before we get into our whole online presence, which I do want to talk to you about because I can see you're an expert in that. Um, Thus far in what I've talked told you about, there has been no marketing expense needed. Yeah. Well, yeah,
1: and uh, and and part of uh, and uh, and part of what I I like about this whole thing is that it does give some it does give some greater clarity to your options. Like you know, my experience of travel insurance. Uh, I mean, when you think about it, is basically uh, you know I you know I'm, I'm booking something through maybe I don't know whether it's Priceline or uh, Expedia or something like that. And they give you a checkbox and say, would you like to have travel insurance for $17? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Aside from that, it doesn't tell me anything.
2: Yeah, but they don't, they have terrible policies and they're not paying people. And I don't know why they could do it. I mean, I do it in a way they want to keep it cheap. I mean, instead of 17, it was 47. You would think more and you probably wouldn't do it as opposed to 17. You're like, yeah, the hell with it. I will do it, but they're not paying people. And so it's a big scam basically. Um, but the point is, is that that's not really, really what we're looking for. I'm not looking for that type of client, even though I don't need all luxury clients, but we have many people who are going overseas. It's not an expensive trip, but they want to make sure they're medically protected. And that's something that Expedia and airlines don't offer because that's most important. Like if you told me right now, I'm going to France or something for a week, it's a cheap trip. I'm staying with friends. I would say, cool, but at least you get, you know, God forbid you have to end up in the hospital. Or you have a doctor, or whatever. You should have medical, and it will cost you. I don't know, a hundred bucks. It's not expensive, Uh, but we do like thousands of those, and they do add up quickly. But the point is, uh, you know, there's always a reason to get travel insurance under the right situation. But uh, I see too much, man. I see sickness, hospitals, injuries all day with our team. People reaching out to us all day and night with all these problems. So, you know, you get very paranoid if you work here for a week. You would never travel outside of America without travel insurance uh, ever again. Like I went to Mexico with my family. Yeah. I mean, we're all, all, thank God in great health, but no, hell no. I bought travel insurance. It was like a hundred dollars. It's nothing.
1: Well, yeah. Um, And you you think, you think about it. uh, It's one thing if you travel to another part of the country you're in, like I'm in the United States, obviously. So uh, I mean, I live in Nevada. Uh, I know that if I were to travel to say uh, Georgia and I have some kind of medical issue while I'm there that requires me to receive emergency treatment. Then I'm in for a world of hurt. Uh, the the facility that I'm admitted to will probably attempt to seek reimbursement from my insurance company on an out-of-network basis. But I can tell you that I used to work for a managed care organization. I was the guy who handled that stuff contractually, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I can tell you the uh, the member always loses. Uh, the only thing that protected the members of the company that I worked for is they were welfare recipients, and it was actually illegal mm-hmm. for a facility to bill them. But mm-hmm. uh, if you're not on welfare, uh, get ready to have a whole bunch of bills handed to you when uh, when your insurance company just simply refuses to pay.
2: Yeah, and when that's the thing, when you work with us, you know a lot of people are very skeptical and saying, you know, will the insurance company pay us and all this kind of stuff. I mean, the fact is, we're bringing them so much business. That they really don't mess around with our people, um, and so it's pretty. You know, I have a Google reviews that you can check out. Um, that I want to. I would actually want to read you one of them because it's wild. But the point is, most of our uh, client base. Uh, these are these are relatively expensive trips. You know, they're going on cruises and they're going on real tours, and there's thousands of dollars involved. And that's typically what we what we do, uh, you know, help with. But let me read you very quickly. It's like two sentences or maybe three sentences. This is this is awesome. So one of the people that work here, his name is Josh, okay? So the guy writes a review. It's on our Google reviews right now. Josh at Travel Defend was beyond amazing. Our trip had to be canceled due to weather delays, and Josh walked us through the process step-by-step from when we were still talking to the airlines through submitting the claim until reimbursement. I've dealt with insurance before, and it's a long, drawn-out process. But Josh, we made the claim on Friday afternoon, July 4th weekend, had a response from the insurance company July 5th, and payment on July 12th. Unheard of in the industry. Thanks, Josh, and Travel Defense. Now, this was over $10,000 payment, okay? So I just want yeah. you to know, this stuff is happening. If you real need real actual travel insurance in real life, call us and our team will help you.
1: Wow, that is almost unheard of. To get paid off within a week?
2: Bro, it's not almost unheard of. It is unheard of. Like wow. You unheard of. This never happens. And we had a lady who did a review. I don't know why she didn't write it but it just happened. But all she did was give us five stars. She didn't write anything, but she got paid in two days. And that just happened this week. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh,
1: so I've, you know, so overall, I mean, what brought you to this model and how, how, how did you launch it? I mean, there's a lot of moving parts to this one.
2: Yeah. How we launched it basically was that I told you, I was in this niche of luxury tours, right. And coming out of COVID, I, I was very nervous and I saw no light at the end of the tunnel. And, uh, when we were starting to go back into business with those, which was a risky venture at the time, because you don't know, is COVID going to right away come back and ruin the next year? And, you know, if people are going to actually pay money again. And the whole world was, you know, you remember, I mean, it wasn't that long ago. Um, and so we really got into this travel insurance thing. And once I realized what we could do here and help our own clients, I went to all the other tour companies in our niche. That's how I first started. And I said, look, you guys are all in the same boat as us. Obviously, your clients are not going to book without travel insurance. Why don't you send all your people to us? I started a company called Travel Defend and we will take care of all of of them and we'll send you back a commission. So that's I mean, they get paid to send us people. They're they're motivated to do it. Um, And they said, great, that's a fantastic idea. They sent all their people. And then I started to realize very quickly what a great business it was. I actually stopped doing tours and went into this full time, brought my team with me. And uh, started going much, you know, far out of my niche into just the world. And we work, you know, I mean, we work with probably 100 tour operators, which in the grand scheme of things doesn't sound like that much, but it's a lot. And there are, I think, 50,000 in America. So, I mean, the potential growth that we have and travel agents, we have a couple hundred travel agents, but there's also, God knows, 100,000 travel agents in America. Um, A great thing about it, which we didn't talk about, uh, is also that it's very sticky. Once people use us once, they will always use us. Why would you ever buy travel insurance any other way? I mean, you just WhatsApp us or call us, say, hey, I'm going again, do this. Um, you know, and so it's easy. We also have a whole online component that I want to get into. And I want your guidance actually on what you think is the best way to market it. But, you know, I don't know if you want to get into that now or not, but I-, I Well, I give me, a, give yeah, us give, us
1: a, give us a shot here. I mean, I, I, love, the, uh, I love the mastermind approach.
2: Okay, so- Basically, um, as I mentioned in the beginning, there was two ways to buy travel insurance in America, right? Either you can go to Expedia. Forget calling. I'm talking about online. You can go to an Expedia type site, which has a hundred options. You don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. Or you can go directly to AIG. AIG, let's say, will offer you two or three options, but that's you know very limiting. I mean, it doesn't really have necessarily everything that you would want or need, or if you even understood what you want and need. You know, many times clients don't even know what they want or need, and we know before them what, what they should have. Anyway, point is we created something called the quote optimizer. And the quote optimizer is really cool in the sense that think of chat bubbles. Like when you go onto the website, or you go onto your phone, it's almost like an iMessage conversation. So you put it in, it goes whoop, whoop. And it's like these bubbles. And we have GIFs in there, you know, like, where are you going? And they tell us, and goes, bon voyage. It's a really fun experience. But the point is, is that ultimately the AI under underlying it will, based on the information you give us, which we need to quote, give you a quote, it will go through all the hundreds of policies in America based on the rules that we set in the artificial intelligence. Cause we know everything there is to know about travel insurance. We said, okay, here's every scenario. It depends on what country you're going to, what state you live in, how much money is on the line. There's so many factors and it will give you automatically the one or two best options for you based on your current situation. And so it's called the quote optimizer. Nobody has this. Nobody does this This is unheard of in America. And so it's basically Close to being launched in the next week or two, we're literally at the last uh, uh moments of testing the final final version, and then we want to go out and market this. And so that's there's my question to you: is what do you think we should do as the best way to market the quote optimizer?
1: Okay, first of all, what I'm hearing, and tell me if I'm right or I'm wrong about this, is that the quote optimizer uh, also gives you options to either increase or decrease certain types of insurance. Let me give you an example. Let's say you have a known health condition and you have a higher level of concern than the average bear that you might need medical attention while you're traveling. So given the high likelihood that that's going to be the case, you might up your medical coverage a bit. But at the same time, you're traveling with one suitcase with nothing in it that you would really care about losing. I mean, if your suitcase doesn't yeah. make it to the destination, you'll just break out a couple hundred bucks and go clothes shopping. It's not a big deal to you. Yeah. So you might want just basic coverage on the on on the luggage, for example. So does your model give you the ability to do this?
0: Yeah, I
2: mean, most policies in America will give you the option to up. I mean, you can never remove. Okay, you can only you can usually up. So if you you know want X amount of, of coverage a standard and you say, well, I want to get more for uh, X amount of dollars per traveler, you can up that. So I'm saying that, yeah, that's very typical to come within a policy. Um, but we're not asking those types of questions because those types of questions are not the types of questions that really determine what the best policy is for you. Meaning right. once we know the best policy, I can get you whatever medical you want. Um, but a big factor here is what state you live in. That's probably there's two the two biggest factors are what state you live in and if you're leaving America or you're staying within America. Those are the two biggest factors in terms of determining which company I would recommend to you because when you're uh, in a certain state there's certain regional offices of all these companies. Like let's say we take AIG like we mentioned before. AIG could have a fantastic regional office for the New York area, but down on the West Coast, you know, Nevada, California, whatever, it could have a whole different office that their payout rates are garbage. Okay, And we've seen that many times. And so even though it's the same company and you might say, well, AIG is good. They paid that guy. But there's so many regional offices involved that some of these guys really pay and some of them are terrible. And so it's we've taken this really down to a scientific level to know really where you should be buying from. And it's called payout rates. Who's easy to pay? That's all we care about. Because if you get paid... I get paid anyway, so I don't, I'm not like, you know, it's like it comes out of my money, if, if you, if let's say you do a $10,000 trip, you get paid, I'm not the one paying you, so I, I'm on your side, I want you to get paid, and you will get paid because we're bringing so much money to insurance company, and we have a lot of clout there, um, but yeah, the quote optimizer can take into account what you're saying for sure
1: yeah uh so you can't remove a coverage but you have a way to drop certain coverages that i don't feel i need way down No,
2: you can't no you can't you can never remove baggage right loss,
1: but baggage yeah but but I, but I could drop it way down if it wasn't important to me and if there was something that was real important to me i could up that significantly is that what i'm
2: hearing to a to a degree to a degree i mean typically you can't like baggage delay and and these the minor things on a policy they're not really going to allow you to to, to, you know, toggle that kind of stuff. Nobody does. You'd have to find a completely new policy. But most people are not buying travel insurance because they care whether it has $200 bag delay or $500 bag delay. That's not yeah. really why they're buying a policy. People typically are buying for either to protect the expensive trip cost and medical. I mean, that's most of the reason why people buy it.
1: Trip costs and medical. So first of all, I would uh, have my message sent around that. And let's go back to some of the testimonials and quotes that you got. Uh, the bottom line here is, if I'm paying extra for this travel insurance, it's because that's the last time I want to think about my travel woes. Yeah, I don't I mean, want to just, think about I mean, it again. I want to, to know that if, I want to know as soon as I click that and I say yes to it and I submit my payment that mm. my worst case scenario is if I even have to use it, I make a phone call. And within a couple of days, there's going to be money there.
2: That's my bottom line. Yeah, but, let, but let's be clear. There is a process of filing a claim, which, which well, yeah, really um, many people want to get paid, but you have to prove that let's, let's take a guy going to, we'll just, you know, I don't know. We'll use it Africa as an example. Again, A guy's going on a $10,000 trip, you know, he gets COVID, you know, day before he can't go. Okay. Uh, you will get paid. I mean, this is slam dunk. Okay. We'll make sure you get paid. Uh, if you have the correct policy, which we already made sure you do, but the point is, you have to prove you paid out ten thousand. You know, you have to. There are things that you have to show.
1: Well, yeah. And when I said when I said make one call, I mean that was just a that was just an expression. I'm aware that my yeah, yeah. real experience. Is I'm going to need to go to an online portal. I'm going to have to write a summary of what's going on, and I'm going to have to upload uh, the receipts that showed I paid this for the flight, this for the hotel, and if it's COVID, I'm going to want to show my diagnosis
2: correct right so that that's exactly right so you yeah. do have to show those kind of things we don't leave you on your own because i would say this is just a made up number but 95 we'll say that 95% of people that are left to themselves to do a claim will screw it up okay they're not yeah. doing it right and that is a part of the reason why you don't get paid because you know many of these things aren't like the army it's military It's standard operating procedure mm-hmm. if you don't have the correct form and you don't have this you know and and we've done at this point God damn, thousands of claims. So like we're experts at this. And so we will, as a a client of ours, doesn't matter if this is a hundred dollar trip or whatever, it doesn't matter. Everyone gets treated the same, you know, well, you'll book an appointment with our team, take about 20, 30 minutes. We'll go through at least that you leave the conversation knowing exactly what you need to do. Okay. Submit it to us. We'll look it over, make sure it's good. And then we take it, we'll submit it to the insurance company. We take it to the head of the claims department, wrapped like a bow, and we say, hey, buddy, this is our client. Let's get him paid ASAP. And things move very quickly, as you see in our reviews. Yeah,
1: and I would lean heavily on the reviews and I would lean heavily on the hassle-free, fast turnaround. Because that's what just keeps resonating with me is the idea that just traveling in itself, even if everything goes well, is a cluster and once I paid for travel insurance I don't want to think about that travel insurance again unless I need it. Yeah I I want to go I want to go I want to go through the rest of it knowing that anything that could happen is covered. And if uh I do need the coverage that it's going to take me as you said 20 to 30 minutes to do everything I need to do. And then voila a couple days later I'm paid. That's it. Uh because because you know I mentioned the idea of being in an out of network medical situation right here in the united states imagine going to some other country do you really think that in malaysia they're gonna they're gonna you know foul claim with blue cross blue shield and go throughout a network contract Mm -hmm. you're gonna say no pay me or you're not leaving
2: correct right we've had that many times actually i've had clients who were stuck almost prisoner uh, in uh, hospitals all throughout the world
1: yeah and, yeah and there and there's and there are some countries that actually have laws regarding tourism that say if you owe if you owe money to anybody in our country you ain't leaving till you pay
2: no you're not joking you're right i mean yeah. I, I literally had a guy uh in mexico maybe a couple of weeks ago who got a collapsed lung and he needed to go to the hospital, and they gave him a massive bill. These bills, by the way, in hospitals when you're traveling, they're they're completely made up. There's no rhyme or reason. You get an eighty thousand dollar bill. You don't even know like what happened. Why did I get eighty grand? Like there's no rhyme or reason for it. They just give you as a tourist. They see you of American, and they will throw a bill down your throat. Okay.
1: Oh hell! Oh oh yeah! Because they know they got you coming and going.
2: Right. So it's important that the, you know, the insurance company has to take care of that for you, or they're not going to let you leave the hospital. And so, um, you know, we get fully involved in that. We had a man also in Egypt last week who had a stroke and he needed to be medically evacuated. We get involved in all this stuff. So, I mean, our level of involvement with our clients is really, really next level. And it's something that doesn't exist in America, to be quite honest with you. Nobody does this. Uh, Everyone loves to sell a policy to someone, but then they disappear when you need them, they're completely gone. Um, and we really pride ourselves on really, you know, taking care of our clients. Um, but in terms of this quote optimizer, would you say like Google Ads? Like, what are you thinking is the is the kind of vehicle for this to kind of drive traffic to that to that page and see if we can get some conversions there?
1: Yeah, right off the, right off the top of my head, the I mean, again, the first thing that comes to mind is that I want to know that uh, you know, phrase like no hassle or hassle free come up. But I also think of uh, you know, let's even take away the hassle. Let's look at Let's look at the positive side of that instead. Let's look at um, peace of mind. Your trip is covered. Uh, I, I mean, I, I could brainstorm on this some more. I could probably come what's, up with some more what's flowery like phrases. Avenue though,
2: like what avenue do you, do you see? Like to drive that traffic. Like we can work on the messaging, but like the world is so full of so many marketing avenues, and they can get very expensive. And uh-huh. so it's a real, it, this is real life, you know, internal kind of discussions with our team of trying to figure out like, what is the best bang for our buck? What is the best way to drive traffic? When you said like that, that company you were talking about, he started a landing page and he drove traffic. Over, so how did he drive the traffic over? He, there?
1: He, he basically sent emails to his existing list, such as it was. Now, in your case, one thing that immediately comes to mind are travel bloggers and influencers.
2: Right. So I'm doing a lot of podcasts and things like that. But, right, right.
1: But, uh, and one of the things we see with sponsorship and advertising these days, like let's say, for example, you get an influencer on board and you make the deal where uh, they, uh, you know, if uh, you know every referral they send you where they use a coupon named after that influencer, oh, the that. influencer gets yeah, a piece. Yeah. You have all that, right, right. Uh-huh. So, and I, I think you're also aware, so I might be saying this more for our listeners, okay. that one of the things we're starting to see in these types of influencer marketing strategies is it's more than this, than them just taking a commercial break or saying this episode is sponsored by or something along those lines that yeah. within the content they create they actually tell the story uh you know sometimes you see those TikTok videos where um where uh the uh, the, the person recording it uh has music playing in the background and they point their finger in three different places and three different words show up
2: yeah so yeah. uh
1: so the third word and it should be big bold and green should be travel defend yeah cool got my travel defend
2: <laughs> all right you could do a lot with that
1: yeah so that so, that, so that, that that's something to that's something to consider uh you might think about an animal mascot uh what an, what animal do we think of when we think of defense i mean for example with geico which candidly i'll come out and say i'm not a big fan of their company for personal reasons but uh from market from a marketing perspective that gecko i mean you go and you go into a pet store you see a gecko you're going to think of geico insurance so uh and and like and with and with another form of car insurance it's not a it's not an animal it's a cartoon human but the general you think of the uh you think of the guy with the handlebar mustache wearing the world sure. war ii uniform uh yeah. so so some of it might have to do with that i mean is there an animal is there an avatar is there a representation where you create that idea that yeah. people like? i mean like that that uh, little caesar's pizza chain you think pizza pizza and the yeah. guy throws two pizzas up and catches them on his spear that's well, another that's example of it I yeah know. so uh, and think of the no, i mean you mentioned google ads well google uh i i mean google is the name of a mathematical measurement yeah which only advanced mathematicians knew 20 years ago, but now mm. Google has become a universal verb where yeah. even in languages other than English, they use the word Google as a reference in their own language. And they pronounce it Google and spell it Google right. to refer to what they say in their own language that equates to go to a search engine, type in a phrase, and get results.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know what I think really is helpful also, like when you do a podcast, for example, which I would recommend to any entrepreneur starting a yeah. business because you want to be seen as the expert in the industry. But I think you would admit yourself that we've just had this conversation. Your view of what Travel Defend is, is really a lot different than when we started. Right. You had no clue yeah. what we do. And now you're like, wow, that is pretty cool. You know, and, and yeah, it's so important.
1: Yeah. Um, and I, and, I, and I think that I'm not going to use the word gimmick. I'm going to use I'm going to use the word uh uh meta impression that you know you you look at because there are so many travel insurance companies out there, and I know that you appeal to a certain type of audience, and there's a certain type of audience you're actually not trying to appeal to, but even across all those audiences, there are those that are gonna say, Well, I don't I don't know anything about this. This one says $17 and they say they'll pay my medical bill and give me money. If I lose my luggage, I guess I'll just check
2: this one anyway. The point is I'm never competing with travel insurance companies because I have access to all of them. So if you're, if you want to know what is what we recommend and kind of know the rules about it and discuss it and make sure you have a good policy, then you call us because again, everyone in the travel insurance company world, they're all fighting with each other Buy my policy, Buy my policy, we're not doing that can sell you anything.
1: Yeah, basically, you're selling all of them. Uh, Where your role comes in is you raise revenue that makes it worth the time for these insurance companies. And you represent all of them. So you actually feed them their own best clients. And you have financial backing to make it worth their while to uh, work with you.
2: Yeah, and they want to take care of our clients because they want it to keep rolling. As I take care of clients, they're going to keep coming to me. And I'm going to keep coming to them if they're showing, you know, they're taking care of my clients. Right. By the way, I want to say on the side, it's almost an hour and I felt like that was fast, man. Wow. We really, really oh, I know. Crazy. I know.
1: We are just about ready to wrap up here. And, and sometimes these shows take this direction <laughs> where um, sometimes I end up on the hot seat or sometimes uh, <laughs> it turns into that level of mastermind. Well, literally where we're
2: actually up and I was the, like, Oh my God. Yeah. Inventing crazy.
1: things. Oh yeah. I, I tracked the time. Cause I, I wanted to make sure, I mean, that's most of what we needed to Jeez, cover because exactly. I viewed this as almost a free flowing discussion about a combination between different business models what we're doing here in real time is we're spitballing about a business model and yeah. some and some ways to and some ways to foster that further so i mean a lot of the things i think i'm going to tell you are things you may already have covered so i think one of my biggest contributions is going to be and i go to the travel defend website it's a nice clean website uh, you have that really nice little animated video on there uh, mm-hmm. i see i see the quote optimizer where i can just Start with it right now. I see I can give you a call. Um, I see that you've been featured in some major media, which is great. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I see a I see a stream of testimonials, and particularly in this business, that's important. Um, I would just wonder if there's some way that you can move some testimonials up higher. Now, I know in the era, yeah. I, know, I know that we're in an era of website development where we actually build for mobile and optimize for desktop. So mm. the whole thing of what can you cram into the top fold doesn't have the meaning that it used to, yeah. but if you could find a way in both the mobile and the desktop view to have m- maybe not that entire stream of testimonials, but maybe a couple mm. really really good ones, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and put and put those up top. Yeah, a lot of people and then and, and then that, yeah and, and then know, link, and then link down yeah. to your stream of 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 uh, oh, yeah. of Google. So I mean, yeah. I, I think I think a lot of it. has to do with trust and you know i mentioned uh you know little caesars uh geico and uh google and these companies that use uh unique words or avatars or or pets or something like that to convey their message well think about think about it you you know a a gecko is like a a cute little lizard my my sister used to have geckos and Mm -hmm. and they're just the most they're just the most adorable kind little things yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. You think you you think of a gecko, you think of a gecko. You you have warm feelings about that because it's it's really a friendly lizard that'll just sit in your hand.
2: Right. You could think that they would play it the opposite and want to say, "I don't want everyone getting confused with geckos and geikos and we're different." Um, but they really embraced it, which I think is really smart, obviously, and a good move.
1: Yeah. So think. So, so I would think about some sort of defender, and also I would suggest. Mm-hmm. Who is your enemy? Let me let me give you a couple of examples. Uh, years ago, I had a client who is a hypnotherapist and does other forms of therapy as well. I I know uh, they're involved in heart math and uh, and tapping and some of the other modalities. And so, uh, in terms of uh, a a coaching we did with them, uh, we had them identify who is the enemy of what you do. And so we came up with the the healing hecklers. These are the people who say, "Oh, come on, grow up." be tough. Don't let this stuff get you down. You just got to push forward and it can be counterproductive because these people, meanwhile, they're trying to tell you don't dwell in your sorrow. But if you don't deal with those underlying issues, that uh hypnotherapy tapping uh heart math and stuff surfaces so that you can create Mm -hmm. positive solutions around them they're going to continue to drag you down they will keep taking you on so Mm -hmm. with uh with a dating coach with a dating coach we work with uh we came up with the romance racketeers and these are all the companies out there that try and get you to spend money Mm -hmm. to prove that uh to prove that you are valuable uh, with the idea that it plants in your mind that there's no way you're gonna get the woman unless you spend an arm and a leg on her. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah, and, he, and these are also the uh these are also the unscr you know, some of the unscrupulous dating act companies that want you to stay single because you stop paying the fee once you find somebody. Uh these are uh, you know, These are the people who um, want you to participate in all sorts of dating rituals that cost money and things like that. So the Romance Racketeers. Now, candidly, my client thought it was one of the dumbest things he'd ever heard of, and he didn't want to use it at all. Right. But then next thing you know, he starts doing live streams. And uh, candidly, I just kind of didn't obey his orders to stop using the term Romance Racketeers. I just kept using it in his marketing. And next thing you know, he had, and next thing you know, he had uh, people chanting on his live streams, that's the romance racketeers.
2: (laughs) So so what it
1: did is it caused them to visualize that individual or that group that's been holding them back from enjoying their success with their women, with whom they want to co-create mutually enjoyable experiences. Yeah. And, uh, and, and as a result of that. They came to understand what they were against, which helped them identify what they're for. So Mm -hmm. in your case, and I know we don't have time to do this, just think about what is the enemy? What is the opponent of what you're doing? And how do you turn that into a person? And you may have noticed my examples, healing hecklers, uh, uh, romance racketeers, alliteration plays alliteration plays a role in this too.
2: Right. If I thought of one quickly, maybe I would say like the ignorant traveler. You know like they're the guy that will you know just buy whatever and have no clue what they're doing yeah and, but the, you know, yeah but that kind of yeah of but, of that, but that but that but that's not the enemy that's the person you want to save the
1: you're ignorant right. the ignorant traveler is not the one getting in the way of what you're trying to do uh right, what right, your your right. goal your goal is to get between the ignorant traveler and whatever the enemy is so that the traveler ceases to be ignorant and begins to be smart because now they're right. not being improperly influenced and led astray by your opponent.
2: Right. That's a good point. Yeah, you know, you're right. Yeah.
1: So 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 just think about that, sit with that for a while. Maybe even uh maybe even task it out in your mastermind group. What your um, you know, what is the opponent? What is the thing that wants to take you down and crystallize okay. that in the terms of give it a title? And as I said, alliteration tends to help with these things because it's uh because it's a neurolinguistic thing that helps people uh, you know, helps it roll off the tongue. Romance racketeers, healing hecklers. Yeah, I like that.
2: Yeah, I'll think about that. I appreciate that. That's great advice.
1: Exactly. All right. So we actually are um, at the top of our time, and uh, and so what I will encourage people to do, if you are indeed traveling, plan to travel, know somebody who wants to travel, and you don't want them to be that ignorant travel who gets held hostage in a foreign hospital because <laughs> they had a stroke. And now they're a prisoner in some other country because they ain't got the money and their local insurance company is going to pay for it. Or they catch COVID the day before they got to travel and there's no way they're getting on that airplane. But they uh, but they paid for it. www.traveldefend.com www.traveldefend.com Everything I mentioned there it that i mentioned earlier is the case you have tons of reviews from real people who posted on google and you have the quote optimizer so that you can begin to dig in right now and you'll see several touches on that web page that will enable you to reach out to ben and his team so with that ben camille thank you so much for being with us today it's been an honor and believe me in education
2: thank you so much it was great right
0: we trust you enjoyed today's episode of the business creators radio show